Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Psalm 16, 9. Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Psalm 16, 9. Alright guys, welcome back to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. And today we're talking to a guy that goes by the name of Zen Lawson. Mr. Zen, how are you? I'm doing all right, but I really appreciate the phone call today. It means a lot to reach out and talk dogs a little bit. Yes, sir, for sure. And Mr. Zen, can you tell a little about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, man. I live uh, up in the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina, right at the foothills. Um, been messing with dogs, oh gosh, I would say seriously, 20-some years. Um I got drawn, my, my camera dog experiences started about over 20 years ago, 22, somewhere around there, you know, 23 years ago. And then I really got into them, you know, after you go through, a few, you know, you try, you, you stick your toes in the water a little bit. Yes. And, sir. Uh, and I found, hey, you know, I've hunted hounds with my buddies. I was never a big dog guy until a little bit later on in life just because my buddies had them you know yeah now old timers now so how old was you when you started hunting with the dogs oh gosh i can remember hunting dogs 11 12 13 years old you know everybody yeah. right here right? my buddies had them and all that now, was that squirrel hunting only or coon hunting no or? it was coon hunting and okay. we'd run deep it's, it's, it's kind of funny the county i live in it was quote you can't run deer with dogs but uh we sure did run a lot of deer with dogs. <laughs> so so you weren't supposed to but everybody did right 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 i don't yeah. know why i live with those deer you know <laughs> and you know but I, I remember one of the first lessons i learned with dogs an old timer he's he's long gone now but he was talking about that old buck, how he'll run a circle around the bottom of that holler and slip out on them dogs. And his old dog, you know, can't remember the name of his dog, would always catch him. And, and it was just fun, you know. So I really got interested in it. Yeah. And, and I always seemed to be around older people. So That's pretty hunt, cool. Walk, yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was kind of neat. And, well, I still um, run deer dogs. Well, good for you. It's yeah, fun. we can in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's fun. Yes, sir. You can you can in North Carolina some places, I guess. Still, in yeah. South. Uh -huh. It's it's a southeast thing. Well, Virginia runs a lot of deer dogs. Yeah. Yes, they so, do. So, so Virginia far. and Carolinas, down to Georgia and Florida. I mean, they the the southeast is is pretty full of it. So yeah, there's still some big land you can. Yes, know. sir. So, Mister Zen, your yes, forte sir. would be considered kimmers at this moment correct yeah i've been i've been fooling with the kimmers and and it's it's i had me a kimmer squirrel dog i had a few of them actually and i went through a couple other brands or wood breeds or whatever you want to say and i had a nice walker dog at the time and i was watching and i was like man you know how you're leading two out on split lead in the summer early summer 
and they're catching every sapling, beating you to death. You know. Yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. And I was like, boy, I wish I'd get me one of these things to handle like that little cur dog over. And I did. And I got that uh, target bred dog. She was my first. That was back about oh five, I think, something like that. And she was amazing. I mean, she was a fast track dog, a first strike dog, everything that coming from hunting some hounds that you you want. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you want that first strike, first tree dog. And I was like, wow. And um, so that got me really just wanting to hunt curs on camera. You know, I, was, I, I love raccoon. So, so she was a cur dog. A camera? Was she a camera? Yes, sir. And she would yep. strike, she'd open and. Oh, big, big time. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Huh. She would, she, she was the first strike, fastest track dog I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, we, you know, the East here, we're full of trees, you know, and when yes, you can sir. catch, when you can strike and catch coons on the ground, you're fast. Oh, well, yeah. And she did that several times. And my buddies were like, wow, that's the gamiest thing I've ever seen. And she was a sweetheart. I had to, she about beat me down. You know, I, I was a lot younger then. And, um, I mean, she got after the barrel one time, was gone for a week. I mean, left the country, crossed right. the river, gone. We had the ultimate telemetry back then, you know. Yeah, the old beat, uh, beat stuff. Yeah, beat, beat. I was long range and the good was gone. Right? <laughs> and uh, she come back in about a week later. And she finally, she finally, it, something broke. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I broke her, I guess. Or she, she broke me, but I kind of broke her too. And after that, she would listen a little better. And I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. She she was one of those hard driving and I loved it, but it's a little too much. I mean, from I'm just being straight up, but it was a little too much. Yeah. Um a little too much game gaming this drive. If you hunt the national forest or state forest lands, there ain't no roads to get around. You don't have to walk six miles, you know. Oh yeah. But she she was gonna go and I think she, probably the one of the best track dogs I've ever seen layup dog she could do it but that wasn't her forte and i started messing with some other dogs that robert had, you know bred and um i started watching that layup ability so i had the bright idea of crossing them and and it it worked <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah. you put a little track in them layup dogs and i had one die here I don't know, it's been a few months ago. He was about 16. And he was, he'd strike good. But the good thing about him, if he ever made a whimper, a strike, or what, it was going to end in a tree. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There wasn't no babbling. There wasn't, if it was a, it, it was going to end in a tree, period. It might take him 45 minutes. Now, he was off but the target dog. He was off the target dog, bred back to big strip. Okay, well, I was wanting to get the big strut. So, so did you mainly coon hunt the target dog, or yes. would you squirrel hunt I, any, or do you hustle I hunt? I tried. I tried. I tried. She didn't like it. No, she did, but she had too much nose, and I don't know if that's possible, but it is. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're working squirrel tracks for three or four hundred yards. Yeah. Ending up a thin tree. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and opening and you know 
not your ideal squirrel dog. Yeah. Um, so, so Target, you got her in 05, correct? Something like that. Yeah. Now, now did, did she come off of Robert's stock? Yes. Yes. Can she, you tell a little bit about how you become friends with Mr. Robert? Was it off of that dog or did you know no, him before that? Well, I'll tell you that Thomas Cheney got the dog as a puppy. And I don't know why, but he Thomas was Thomas was a good dog guy. He knew these dogs really well. He didn't fit what he wanted, you know. And uh, she was let run loose on a farm. I got her when she was about a year and a half old. And within three or four months, Austrian teams like crazy with that dog. Hmm. And and she was just, I think, a night champion. Or, you know, we, we fooled around with a little, We had some small hunts here, you know, eight or ten dogs, nothing huge. But it took three hunts, and she was champion. You know, she she was tough, man. She was a good little – she was a good coon dog. Um, but, yeah, we we made that cross with that strut dog and just kept building off of that. You know, needed a little outcross for that. Yeah. So so um, the, the target dog had a lot of nose, and you needed a little more – or a lot, had a lot of drive, and you needed a little more uh, – you said you bred her to some layup dogs. Is that what you said? Yeah, and I, and I can I can old Strut was a layup dog, you know he he yeah. was a good dog. Um, my buddy Jamie had him at the time, and you know I think Chris had Big Sally, and it was just that was a good that was a good cross. Jerry did a heck of a job with that cross, and I got lucky enough to get a hold of some of it, you know, and I've just kept it. I think everything here I still got a three quarter still alive. So, so do you think, uh, all right, so the layup dogs now, do you think that they've been bred enough to where they can drive a track if they need to, or is it still layup dogs and, and track dogs and you kind of got to put them together to, uh, I mean, that's a really good question. I've been, me personally, I've been trying, I kind of call it you know 50 fit trying to 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 make that center of the road dog yeah bridge the gap yeah and and it seems to have worked i'm i don't know i'm probably on sixth generation or something like that and the really cool thing to see is i've got a young male down there now and i you know i don't hunt like i used to my son hunts him a lot um i just can't and he'll throw his head up and win and you watch him go up the side of a ridge or something and then his nose will pull down like a magnet and hit the track and take it 200 more yards and you're like that's pretty cool you know that, yeah. that kind of getting i don't know if that makes any sense to people or not but it's um it, it's good to have both and i think that i think that most of them can do both and it um I, they just i think i don't know every dog that i've seen shines they have one tool that in their toolbox they like the best does that make sense yeah and and so i guess what you're trying to say and i'm trying just to to help the people that maybe not might not have understood that is is all dogs or a lot of dogs rather can do a lot of tree a lot of different animals but they have one or the other that they do better that they they tend to reach for that tool, yeah. Most frequently, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and 
there's certain dogs that I imagine people never seen them lay up a, a coon from 300 yards away. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I don't mean they can't, but have they ever really tried to? You know, I don't know. I think that, I think that most of the coomer dogs can do both. I really do believe that. Now, most of the time, and I'm not well-versed on the camera, which was the reason that I wanted to talk to you. So, uh, Mr. Robert, I reached out to him, and Mr. Robert told me that you was the man to talk to because, in his opinion, you saved the camera curve because your stock goes back to 50% Tennessee Mountain Blondie, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, but from what I understand about the camera, they're known for their nose and their gaminess. I would, I would concur with that. Yes. Yeah. They're gamey dogs. So if my question is, is are most Kimmers more nose heavy than track minded? I understand every dog's different, but if overall, have you seen that? And I'm assuming you've been around other, o, you've been around OMCBA dogs too. I have, yes. So, so yeah. would would the Kimmer have a lot more nose in general? Um, in my experience, it it, it seems like they did, and yep. I'm sure I'm sure that's not the golden rule, but well, I'm sure there's so some OMCBA dogs with huge noses. Absolutely, but absolutely as as a whole, you would that's what the cameras is kind of known for what i've heard i think i think that'd be pretty accurate um and i don't want to badmouth nothing of course but yeah oh i'm not bad mouthing them i'm just yeah, they're they're um yeah i mean the, the, they have some outstanding i mean i don't know if you've been around the good i guess you have if you've hunted a really good winding dog i uh, have yes and, sir it's hard to explain that to someone, you know, it really is. Um, that's never seen one. Um, well, they seen the dream squirrels that other dogs can't. Well, yeah. And it's like, they'll just throw their head up and they'll go a hundred yards and treat. And you're like, what in the world was that? Never put their nose on the ground. And it's like, that's pretty tough. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty tough to beat right there. And I tell you the times it comes in real handy for like coon hunting is summertime. Because, you know, unless you're out 3 o'clock in the morning, coons don't move till late. So you can go out at dark and maybe cut, pop a couple layups before they even come down. You, you know what I mean? And that, yeah. that's And I guess your terrain would matter, too. I know that um, Jerry had mentioned hunting down there in the, you know, in the water and stuff. Yeah. And that's a good little, that's a pretty good little arrow to have in your quiver. You know what I mean? Just to, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeremy you know, like, is... Jeremy Garner, for y'all that don't know, he he is in thick coons. He hunts on the Mississippi River, and he's got a bunch of farmers up there, cropland. I mean, he is in thick, thick coons. He, I would say he has a little flatter land than I have. I'm I'm not gonna say we got hilly, hilly terrain, but we got some hills and hollers with with some river bottom in them. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not real familiar with the coon hunting side of the cur dogs. Just because right, right. I've coon hunted with hounds, but you know that's not. I, I like to squirrel hunt them. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, but of course. So, and they'll uh, do the same. They'll do that. They'll do that for squirrels too. And, yes, sir. And it's it's pretty. 
it's just kind of fun to watch because you know squirrels are finicky little animals we don't have a lot of game here yeah and that's that's just the truth of the matter and i mean if you try to i've kept a coon feeder here behind my house just to try to raise coons and i've got three different coons on it that's it well and i put cat food in it all the time and i keep a camera down there and i watch because i like to know and it, we run cycles here i don't know why but you know two or three years ago there was one coon lived down there and so it's five years there might be a hundred you know you know yeah. it just it, it swings yeah i don't know why that is um well i don't know where they come from around here but you put out deer feeder it's legal it's legal to feed deer in mississippi and right. if, if you put out deer feeder there'll be six or seven hanging off of it you kill oh, six or seven off of it and there's gonna be six or seven more the next week i don't wow. know where they come from but well to me them. that's that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, it, it is, but now, you know, I got buddies that we don't have as many coons as we got squirrels around here, and they, they like to treat them, but they don't like to shoot them because they're like, well, I don't want to kill them out, whereas Jeremy and them up there, they have enough that I don't know that you can kill them out up there. You know, right. six or seven coons sounds like a lot, but and it is, but. You know, you kill six or you go hunting a night and kill four a night, then. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You yeah, whack them or sack them. I mean, it's going to be uh, down to hard to tree coons. And... Well, we won't, we'll never kill more than one a night. Even if we tree more than one, we'll never, no. It, it's, and, and if I lived in a different place, it would be different. You know, you just got to, we're, we're hunters, right? We don't want to, yes, we want being a hunter is not being just a killer, you know. So um, my hat's off to y'all for trying to manage the best thing because we all we hopefully have got years left going, you know. Oh, for sure. Wipe out a spot, and our land's a lot smaller here. I hunt a lot of small tracks with my boy, and you know, it's just a whole different, it's a whole different game, really. Um, I got you. So back to can we talk a little bit about how you got to know Mister Robert? Yeah, yeah, I met Robert, oh gosh, it's been a good while ago, and he's he's just always been willing to talk dogs, you know, he will take the time and talk to you, and I was really interested, and my son was really small when I took him to the first hunt, and it was so nice to see uh Robert Kimmer come over and make his way and stop to talk to these children, you know, yes, sir. it, it was, it was really nice. And I was like, well, man, that's, that's a guy I can get behind. And, and for those people who don't know this, I had a bad car wreck 10 or so years ago. And he talked to me the whole time for years. I was in and out of the hospital. Um, he's just, he's just a good man. And, and we started talking dogs I don't know, probably Mountain Blondie stuff. I mentioned it to him pretty close, I guess, 13, 14 years ago. I was like, Robert, everything I got here is half Blondie. And at the time, there were still some left, you know? Yeah. And then 10 years passed, and it's like, where'd they all go? And, and there's plenty of good ones that aren't, you know, aren't half Blondie, but to me, it was like you can still have a litter 
that takes you back to the 80s. Does that make sense? I well, mean, it's, I think he kind of said that she was kind of the start of the good reproducing dolls, correct? Yeah, that's what he tells. I mean, he'll, he, 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 he makes the claim that she was the best reproducing dog you'd ever seen. And I don't know how much you know about Robert's history, but man, he went through a lot of dogs trying to put, you know, to get that magic pill or whatever. And, yeah. uh, and that just worked for him. And she was, I guess, the biggest part of that. And I, you know, when I'm starting out looking at these dogs, I hear all these names and everyone I'm going to look at, they're half blind. You know, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, no, uh, striker, half blind, target, half blind. And that kind of, I don't know if a light bulb went off in my head or it's just dumb luck. I said, well, I'm going to keep them half blindy. Yeah. And, you know, I don't sell a lot of dogs. I don't have a lot of dogs. I have them when I need them, and I've just ran into some rough luck uh, after my car accident. And my gyps got old and had some health issues, and I searched and searched, and Roby Lewis up in Virginia ended up having one. And that's kind of what brought this last round. She was um, a nice bred dog um, uh, from Timothy Overstreet. And he sent her down here, and we bred her and got four or three gyps and one male off of her. And then she ate a plastic water bucket here. She was fine. I went and fed her one night, went back the next. Well, as a matter of fact, the night I went and fed her, she slipped out past me because she was tired of those puppies and went down her tree. Huh. Really? And I was, yeah, get back up here, you know, and I put her <laughs> back in the dog. And I come back the next day, and she's laying there with her head hanging out the dog box dead. I'm like, what in the world happened? And I look, and of course, you know, part of the bucket's gone. And yeah, it was pretty, Dang. pretty, it was pretty crushing, you know? I mean, it really. Well, at least you had the puppies. They live? They were five weeks old. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. did, and, uh, did they turn out to be nice dogs? They're. They're two and a half now, and they are really nice little coon dogs. Yes, really. Robert, I gave Robert sent Robert the male and the female, and I kept two females because I got a lot of males. Yeah, and I've got got two old females left, and I don't want to jinx myself. I've had some really bad luck um, in the past four or five years because I about had to let them go. You know, I was about just done. And my boy was like, please, daddy, you know, don't let's, let's, let's keep the dogs. Let's keep the dogs. So he, he will, he walks with me most of the time because I've got a brain injury, you know, stuff from car wreck. Well, and go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, well, we keep talking about the car wreck. I didn't know if you wanted to kind of tell what happened in the car yeah, wreck. Yeah. It was uh, 10, 11 years ago. I was, um, it was April of, 2011 and I was on the interstate 40 I 40 and coming back home and I was going to the Kimmer hunt that Friday I was so excited I'll never forget it and um next thing I know I woke up a month later in the hospital and what happened was I'd stopped it was, it was doing road construction on I 40 and I stopped and some guy intoxicated came running about 75 mile an hour and hit me and 
I'm I'm very blessed to be alive. Yeah. I mean, um, if anybody questions, you know, higher God or anything like that, I will tell you that my firm belief is yes, God is is there. And there's been there were so many experiences during that hospital stay and things that just kind of concreted that for me. You know what I mean? Um, is there anything that stood out that you can remember right offhand? I remember. I remember one time and I don't know which hospital I was in because they airlifted me and I didn't know my kids. I didn't know. It was pretty ugly. And I remember sitting somewhere and I woke up and I was really kind of freaked out, you know, and I remember closing my eyes and I was trying to pray and I couldn't, I couldn't think a sentence. My, my brain was just messed up. Right. But I was kind of there. But, you know, like you can kind of think in your mind, oh, Lord, please help me or what. I couldn't even form those sentence structures in my thoughts. And I remember this feeling came over me and said, and it was like, don't worry. I know what you're trying to say. I'll never forget it. Wow. And I just stopped trying to form it. It was, it was, I don't know, man, I'm about to cry. I think about it. I got cold, you know. Gave me cold chills. It was really, really strange. And I remember it's like this feeling came over me. said, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm with you. Don't worry about it. I know what you're trying to say. You don't have to speak it. I'm there. And I had these pictures of these. I was on top of a mountain ridge. I love mountains. And these trees were just going crazy, blowing like a hurricane. And down at the bottom of the valley, there was a little pond. And the water was flat like a mirror. And it was almost like I'm here in all this chaos. I'm here. I'm, you know, yeah. And it, it was, it was really changed my life. I mean, I still think about that. Wow. To this day. And that was the image in your mind. That was the image that came to mind. And I, I know that was just probably the Lord's way of just telling him, Hey man, think of it this way. You know, he can calm the storm. That was it. It was all this craziness going on around you. Your head split open. Your arms broke out of piece. Don't worry about it. There's calm here. Find the calm. You know, I am the calm type thing. Wow. And it, 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 I can still remember clear, clear as a bell. And I don't remember people coming to see me. I don't remember, you know, they strapped me to the bed with one Velcro strap. And I sat there for weeks trying to figure out how to undo a Velcro strap. That's how bad it was. Well, and dang. for some reason, for some reason, yeah, man, it was pretty, it was, it was weird. And I kept asking my wife, where, where am I at? And she'd say, you're in a hospital. And a minute or two later, I'd look, ask her again. That's what she told me. I don't remember none of it, but, um, I didn't well. know my kid. And, but anyway, I got home and I was worried about my dogs and I, I walked down to my dog kennel. And I couldn't walk back up to the house. And my kids come down there and they put their, you know, I put my arms on their, on their, around their necks and stuff. And they, they helped me back up to the house. And it was, it was, it was a rough time. Now, then you had to learn how to walk again, correct? Yeah, it was, I couldn't walk well. I was a fall risk, you know, and I guess I did. I didn't go to no like formal classes, but I couldn't walk. I mean, it was, it was. My body was so beat up, man. And um, about 
two months, give or take, I start hurting all over, like really bad. I've had migraines every day of my life since then. And weather like today, my, my voice is getting scratchy because I'm getting tired and I apologize for that. Um, but I got spinal meningitis from the bleeding. It was in my brain got infected and I had to go back to the hospital and stay in intensive care and then had to come home for like two months with a pick line in and do all these antibiotics twice a day i'd sit on the porch because i love being outside i'd sit on the porch and take about three hours to draw a bag of uh antibiotics and i had to do two a day for weeks you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm just very blessed and fortunate man will be here the one thing that stands out to me is you keep saying blessed and fortunate and most people would want to say, woe is me, uh, I'm in a terrible spot. And you're happy to be alive. You know, we could, everybody could have it worse. Some Somebody might not be able to walk, you know. Absolutely. You know. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and you done told yeah. me in the same situation, they said most people die with that brain trauma, correct? They said, I had one of the neurologists tell me that 75% of greater die instantly. And and here you are here to talk about it. Yeah. With got, your family. Got, you got your family. I mean, it's uh, it truly is a blessing. I, I know that the situation wasn't a blessing, but uh, to be alive and to talk about it, that it, and to share your story is a blessing for sure. It's a gift, man. I mean, there's, there's been so many things. I've been a type 1 diabetic for 46 years. Um, Been taking insulin for 46 years. And I'm still here. You know, I... I my nerves are dying in my arms and legs, but I haven't lost no fingers. I haven't lost no toe. There's a reason for that, you know? And, oh, and yeah. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to make whatever that reason is. Hopefully it'll be shown to me one day, but if it's something as simple as just saying a kind word to somebody, I'm cool with that. You know? It's but, it's inspiration it, for sure. Well, not, I'm, thank you. I had people say that. I don't know, but um, there's so many stories that happened during that time that will just, blow i mean like christmas story type you know just amazing thing and you know you get it's real quick to get down on people yeah but man there was so much kindness and so much just love shown to me and my family that it, it just i don't know you know there's a, there's there's always a blessing in something that bad happens and, and yeah for sure you, just and, gotta, you gotta be willing to look for it and there's one other thing that stands out to me is uh, no matter how much work they are, you still uh, you still love these hunting dogs. Oh man, they, I, I I can remember I couldn't carry a five gallon bucket of water, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was I mean I broke my arm into four pieces, bottled my arm into four pieces, and I, I was you know seventeen staples in the back of my head and all that stuff. But I love my dogs. I really, 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 really like these dogs. And I'm pretty passionate about it. I don't get to hunt like I used to, but I can go for a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, I can go enough to see them and watch them and see what they're I, I have a thing and I hear people talking about breeding bloodline versus breeding this great dog. And I, and I just choose both. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if, like if you got a strong bloodline and you breed the best out of that bloodline and keep trying, you can't go wrong. You know, I mean, 
um, so I've, I've been fortunate to, for so many things to have the opportunity to keep that bloodline going and just to have my kids help me so much. You know, they love them too. Um, my kids love dogs as much as I do. My son is, he's going to take over it. You know, I've got straws saved for him from the old dogs and all this stuff. And it's just really become part of who we were, who we are, you know. Now, does he like to coon hunt or squirrel hunt or what's his best? Well, he don't, he won't admit it around anybody when I'm around. He likes to squirrel hunt some. Uh, and I just can't do it no more. I, you know, I, physically, I can't do it. I'd like to squirrel hunt too. But I, if I have to choose... One thing, because I, I mean, I, I get a few hours a day where I can actually do something, and then I have to rest and sleep. I haven't made it through a whole day without sleeping, and since my car accident, I had to miss his graduation from the University of North Carolina because I got down there and my head started hurting me so bad I just couldn't go, and that that hurt, man. You know that that was hard, yeah, for me to accept. But you know, he'll come home. And he'll take dad hunting, you know, like where we used to go. And we, it, oh, it's just made, it's bonded us together in so many ways, you know? And I don't know, but. Oh, I, get, I understand I'm it. I mean, it's. Uh... My daughter, you know, I mean, my daughter's pop coons out of the tree. She's a really good shot on squirrels, too. You know? Really? <laughs> oh, heck yeah. And wow. uh, they, she's got a little male dog now that's a. Cause I've been trying to get some male, you know, some dogs out of my old females while they're still here. And I've got one bred right now, but she's probably, she's probably too old, but I'm cautiously hopeful, you know? Yeah. It would be a good end of the story of me to be able, if she just spit one out at the, as old as she is, but I got her AI about two weeks ago. Wow. And, um, my boy asked me, <laughs> he just asked me this weekend, He's like, uh, so she has any, uh, you going to sell me one? And I smacked her up the head. Yeah, what do you mean sell you one? I'll give you one. They're yours, you know? <laughs> he really want one out of her, you know? He's like, yeah. Man, I, uh, I thought it was cute. Now, uh, that is pretty funny. And, and, and these animals, they're not just a part of your life. They're your, they're part of your family. They really are. You know, and, and most hunters, I would say, because, you know, their their wives might not really like them, but I promise you, every wife probably knows their dog's name. You oh, know? absolutely, absolutely, and they'll sure pet them. And yeah. you know, yeah, and and you know, my my wife understood what they meant to me. Yeah, because I when I was laying in the hospital, and I, I I keep going back to that, but it was a pretty traumatic time in my life, and kind of defined me. Um, I'd holler my dog's names out like they were in the room with me and she's like, I knew right then we better, we better keep them dogs around. Cause it, you know, Oh yeah. It's like, they, she's like, you'd start hollering, you know, Hey Tim, come here. You know, and like, what are you doing there? You know, like I was crazy. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, with you. No, man, I'm back to the dog thing. Kimberly just, to me, I, I mean, I've tried to split that that fine that that hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And there's a lot of di- people want different things in dogs, and I really think these dogs 
I don't free cast. I don't do that. Um, I've had dogs that are Kimbers. I can, but I'm broke up now. You know what I mean? So I don't want them go, but I know they would if I, yeah. I let them start. Okay? And, and if they hit a track, they're gone, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I, I just like for them to hunt, you know, a couple hundred yard circles and they're covering so much by the, with the head, you know, they can wind. I don't know. They can wind several hundred yards. And I've seen that. And this this last little crop that's coming on, my son's really excited about them. And I am too. They, they're doing, they just keep doing the same thing over and over. If that makes any sense. It's just like, I'm I'm cautiously overconfident that they're gonna make the die every time because it just keeps happening. Does that make I mean Oh yeah. Nothing changes, but you don't wanna to be too confident about it because you don't wanna tell somebody something a dog make a liar out of you. you know? Oh oh a dog will make a liar out of you in a heartbeat. And I don't I, I just want people if they get one to really have that special dog. I mean, you know what I mean? It's um I wanna have a buddy. To me, you hunt a dog if you hunt a dog four hours a night every night that's still 20 hours he's around the house with you you know oh yeah so i want that full i want your buddy that can sit on the porch with you jump the truck cab with you um i want that full complete dog if that makes any sense whatsoever now um, are, are what kind of mouths do these dogs that you're breeding normally get they're deep they're deep mouth dogs like I say, I got a little bit spoiled with hound mouse. I love a good hound. <laughs> are they, are they going to be more of a ball mouth or a chop? Um, it's a somewhat of a ball chop, I guess you could say. They'll throw a ball locate. But they do and locate it, normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that the one of the young ones I got right now, I'm hopefully she's coming in. And I mean, I'll just tell you, my, I don't need no more dogs, but we're really trying to get a few of these blondies out to some few people that, and try to bring some of them back. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Try to save the bloodline. I'm with you. I can't, I can't do it myself. Robert and I, and there's a few other people we've got kind of, and in a few years, hopefully there'll be a bunch of, you know, you can yeah. start letting them go, but they're, they're kind of special to us anyway. Well, we're on not, the topic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure y'all would vet the people, but do y'all go about selling dogs to the public, or y'all keep them all in house? Um, for the mountain blondies, the half blondies right now, we've 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 just not had enough to let go of yet. I understand. I didn't I didn't know uh, if y'all was uh you know I'd sure y'all vet and make sure that the people are actually hunters and stuff like that. I didn't know if y'all had enough yeah. that y'all were trying to get in hunters' hands or. Well, what what we in. And Robert, and I just did this as well. I just bred one of my old males. He's about 13. And he bred, he bred a jip that um, I was on the Ken Smith stock. It's Blondie 3 stuff. Real nice dogs. And we bred her to one of my males and then bred, bred back to one of my older males. And they're 49%. You know, they're great. They're going to be really good dogs. Yeah. Um, I'm just, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say a bad word on here, but uh, I'm just so narrow-minded. I've got to keep it happy. You know what I mean? Oh, it's been oh yeah. Now. Well, I yeah. mean, at this moment, if y'all are trying to, you know, save the breed, 
obviously that's uh, a situation to where you're going to be pretty picky. Well, I got to be for me because I just don't have room to keep that many more than what I got. And But we can make some really good crosses that are 49% that are really make nice dogs, you know, and they might be better. I mean, who not, you know what I'm saying? Depends on it, it's, but if, if you ever lose that, there's no getting it back. Yeah. And, and if, and if people don't, I mean, I, I, swear I look at it, it might not be for everybody. That's fine. I, you know, they work for me and they work for a couple of people I know that have messed with them and they really like them. Um, now, from what I've understood, is the early starters correct? Yes, most of them are. Um, depends on, I guess, the person and the game. Like here, uh, we don't have a lot of game, and I, I can't go like I used to. I used to get them started six, seven months old. You know, they'd be trained on their own coons and stuff. But um, this little one I got out here behind the house right now, he's already freeing birds and stuff, and he's thirteen weeks old. But you know, birds oh. don't count. But it does to me, you know. Well, kinda... they, they got the tree in them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know what early starter means. You know, I guess to different people, it means different things. Yeah. Well, I understand to, that. Uh, I mean, you know, when they're, when they're born, like born right now, perfect. Come hunting season, them dogs should be ready to start tree. You know? Yes. Born in October. Ew. I would Ew. say that most <laughs> of them are treeing before a year old, correct? Yes, I, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I, I I didn't think about yeah. I, I well, I guess that kind of was a trick question because early starters, somebody might, some people think, you know, a dog can't tree at four months old, and I have seen dogs tree at four months old. And you know, some people say a dog can tree earlier or later. Every person has their own opinion. Well, and and it's really funny, man. That 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 they show you. It's like some of them, they're just like kids. You know, the little kid at 11 years old has got hair under his arm. Some mature a little faster. You know you know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. And and I've seen them at four months old not run from something. And then I've seen them at seven months old tree it. And so I think, that, I think if you're patient enough and just watch them. And you know, you're a dog guy. You, you know when they're ready and right. Yeah. They got to. They got to be mentally ready, and once they are, I, I've not had one not tree, and it's been a long time. You know, I mean, every dog I've ever had is treed. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're the best in the world, but they suit me, and I think they'd suit most people. Um, but I'm, you know, everybody's got what they want. You know, I mean, but if you, they, they're just a really solid dog, and they're they're. They're not slick treeing dogs. They, I think the competition world hurts them a little bit because they want to check themselves. Yeah. Know, like, so you loose. Know, you, you've seen that. Now they'll, they, they'll, if, especially if it's a layup tree. Yes. They'll go up, smell up that tree, looking for that old track going up. And they'll do a circle around that tree, maybe do another circle around it. Meanwhile, a Me Too dog goes in there, pop, slam tree. Oh, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah, before they lock yeah. down. Yeah, they want to be sure. Yep. And I, I personally, I don't have a problem with that, but in competition hunts, it just leaves a little space for you to lose the hunt. I mean, just be... Yeah, well, well let me ask this question. Are, are they known, which obviously this is dog-to-dog -dog again, and probably 
uh, blood bloodline as far as what they're out of, but are they tighter tree dogs? Are they looser tree dogs? Are they? I would I would say that certain as a general rule, I've had them both ways, and I really don't know how to answer the question. Most of them are going to stretch out in the tree, bark, treat, all that stuff. Then they're going to back up. Especially if they're if you've not game out to them because they're gonna wait yeah. and watch the game. Does that yeah. make sense? So, but they're not, they're not leaving thirty foot no, from that tree. No, no, they'll they'll hang it they'll hang at the tree. Yeah, you know they'll show you the tree, but they're also know that thing ain't gonna fall straight down there. You know. Oh, and, I'm with you. Yeah. You know, and they're not as hard of a tree dog. They don't tree the same way a walker does, or some of the other dogs I've seen. Yeah. And. But I've had them that would, you know, so it's me personally, a little shot of that target, and they will just stretch it tree out, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah. it, it, it don't matter to me. And I'm not a stickler for, you know, when they're young, I'll leash them with the tree or whatever, you know, but I, if they're showing me the tree, I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. Play, yeah. If they show you, you the know. tree and they there, and they, and in my mind, I like the competition hunt. If they ain't, you know, fifteen feet away from a tree, and they uh, they they barking at that tree, I, I would be okay with that. Now I say right, that right. I, I obviously want mine at the base of the tree, but if I've worked on it and it ain't getting no closer than fifteen foot, but it's shown enough a got to meet every time I'm there. Yeah, you know, that's hey, I'm 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 good with that, you know. And the 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 one the heavy winding dogs, and I've got some here, man. That can just they're really good winding dogs, but and I'm sure a lot of people do. But they, I think a lot of people don't that don't that aren't that haven't messed with those dogs. It takes them a while because you know the first thing as a you know you got a young dog and he's starting to bark at the tree. First thing you want to do is get him on that tree, right? You know what I mean? And when it's a when it's a winding instead of a track type tree, let that dog settle. You know, be patient because when they're really learning that craft, they might go two trees over bark, then throw it head up because the wind shifts and they move over. But once they finally get that figured out in their brain, they'll they'll pop that tree. They'll jack. You know, I mean, it's it's a lot yeah. faster. Is what I'm saying. Well, do you think that the dogs that are really nose heavy? I mean, and that seems to be kind of. The Kimmer, uh, for whatever reason, style. Uh, do you think that they don't really, they kind of drift through the woods? They don't really just driven real hard trying to get through there to find a hot track. Yeah. They're, they're kind of yeah. drift, don't they? I think so, yeah. And it, it's kind of, um, you know, if you're walking down old Logan Road through the woods, your dog run out there 100 yards and you see them make a, make a right turn. And they're hundred yards up on top of that rig, bam, tree. But once once they drift it and catch it, it's fast. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But they're not gonna They're not sprinting through I mean, the woods probably no, trying no. to I would say most don't. Um, I'm sure there's some that do. And and it might be what they was hunted with when they were young. You know, it yeah. has a lot yeah. helps a lot too. Because you know, I've I hunted an old juice dog with hounds. She'd drop off a tailgate just with them, just as like any hound would. But, you know, I, I think a lot of things, you know, game, um, 
how you work the dog as a handler kind of helps define that dog. It don't it don't give them no extra nose or it don't give them no extra tree power, but I think it does kind of set some limits that they they feel like they they should work in. Does that yeah. make sense at yeah. all? If you let them get deeper as a pup, they'll probably go deeper when they get older. If you let them run free on the farm, yeah, they're, they're going to automatically be the deeper dog. And just little things like that. And you're not really teaching them anything. You know, you're just giving them a little bit more rope. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Giving them a little bit more. Now, one thing that always intrigues me is I look at a lot of these bloodlines, and I'm not real familiar with a lot of the older school bloodlines. So my question is, is there a bloodline or two that you of the older generation that you might could name off the top of your head that might be uh some really good stuff that you would obviously blondie but is there anything else that um well i mean it's it's interesting and i i know the i mean I, i'm pretty um a stickler but i i, I know the exact percentages of each of the four dogs these are all from like yeah. when I say four dogs, I mean the found, you know, the the Frosty Joe, the Walker's Buck, the, the Yellow Jack, and Mountain Blondie. That's the only female. Um, I know the percentage of each, so I I know what kind of I like. You know, I, I really love I really love the Nugget Bob Blood, and Blondie Two stuff. Um, but you can't just breed that forever, so you got to have something to go with it, right? So yeah. the Joe crosses that Blondie Three stuff. It's really nice. It's really they work well together. There's enough. Well, Frosty Joe and Walker's Buck both have got Tug blood in them. Which, if you ask Robert, Tug was the best, one of the best producing male dogs back in that time. You know, he threw tree dogs, quote yeah. unquote. You know, and Yellow Jack has some relationship with Frosty Joe, so there's a little. You know, it's not super tight, but there's something there. You know what I mean? And then if you you kind of glue it all together with Mountain Blondie there's enough that you can kind of keep it the same. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Um, it's tight enough family that if you, if you and I try to go out, I, God, I mean, think about the work that he put into that. Um, oh yeah. How, how many generations would it be where you could predict with pretty good certainty about what kind of puffs you're going to have? You know, you take, okay, let's say you've got a male dog right now. You really love. He's a jam up great dog. What are you going to breed him to? You know, my advice would be to breed something similar family, you know? Yeah. And then, okay, well, you can't stop there. You're going to have to have another jip or another, you know what I mean? Or another male to bring back to that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it takes, it take you 10, 15 years. And a lot of trial and error because a lot of trial I'm sure there, all of them didn't make. You no, know. absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, Robert told me he got had he went through about three generations one time back in the late sixties and had to start all over. This is junk. Wow. You know, I'm not mentioning names yeah, really, yeah. Work, but he's like, man, it just didn't. He goes, I was trying. He told me this one time, and I think the world of him. He's he's been really good to me. He said, um, I was wanting to breed a natural tree dog. You turn it loose, and it's going to just go tree. And he said, Do you think that's easy? That's what he asked me. And I said. Really, I really had never thought about it from that perspective. I, you know, I don't know. I, but I can tell you that you let these dogs run loose, 
if I had a litter right now and let two of them run loose, they'd be treeing for too much longer. They just do it. Yeah, it's just a natural. Yeah, I mean, it's in their blood for whatever reason. If they treeing birds or whatever squirrels or coons or whatever. Yeah, I've I've got a male down there who's about ten years old. He's never thrown a dog that didn't tree. And I had him when I was still in bad, like really bad shape. And I've got what they call brain action shearing. It'll never get better, but you learn ways to maneuver around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I know that I can't go, but for so long, and I've got to stop, and I've got to rest, and I've got to sleep, and reboot my brain, et cetera. I'm getting tired now, but sorry if I'm, you know, get scratchy voice. No, but, Wait, you're good. But I let that dog. I had Timber that was in here with me, and he. He'd want to jump in the chair with me. I let him stay in the house with me, man. And I couldn't have that. You know, my arm was all to pieces, man. And so we put him out in the kennel, and then lo and behold, I got his son. And I'm like, well, you're coming in the house with me, right? Yeah. And so I was in no position to hunt. I just let him out in the yard. During the daytime, I'd go out, holler for him. He'd come back up, stay in the house with me at night. He, he trees everything. He, he trees squirrels. He'll timber them. He'll tree coons. I've seen tree turkeys. I mean, everything. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm pretty, I've never, he's never had anything shot out to him. And I can take him right now and tree 10 squirrels with him if I want, you know. <laughs> he's just got he it. Just he just loves it. Yeah, yeah. That's just who he is. And I thought, oh, all right. And he's got, I mean, he's got that drive like a hard driving dog, but he's got those brains and those laid back ones. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with him. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 I just I want a buddy that when that I like the on off switches and I when that like people over the years have been like where in the crap did that dog come out when the coon comes out on the ground you know yeah. the squirrel like where did that come from and as soon as it's over you're like dead let's go and they're just like, it slips back off and they're just walking with you yeah yeah I don't need no leash oh yeah it's I love that type of a, a good I'm, hunting dog with, with brains. Brains. Brains is number one, man. Um, I love brains. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it, it's not as hard to teach one with brains. No, no. They make you look like you know what you're doing. But the downfall <laughs> to a dog with brains is when the game's not moving, they know it. Absolutely. And if you're Absolutely. trying to competition hunt and it's a terrible day, that is not the greatest. No, that's not the dog to have with you. No, because they're just gonna—they're gonna meander around, look like they got them. You hurt your feelings or something, and then oh yeah, after all that bull crap you done talked it there about how you gonna whoop everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a thousand times, and a fellow here—he had hounds. We went and dropped one summer, and my dog just piddling around, and he's like, "What's wrong with them?" And we'd have to go get truck, go drive, pick up his hand. Never treat nothing, right? Yeah. We went down the river, dropped, and we we, we we got him off the tailgate. And I turned around, and he's gone. He's like, what do you think? I said, it's time to hunt now. And kind of laughed. <laughs> it wasn't five minutes. He's in our tree. You know? and he's, yeah. like, he's like, uh, I believe he's right. And, it, and it's my son always tells me, because he's like, we need to let the dogs tell us. We get out, and they're they telling us there ain't nothing moving. Let's go back to the house and sit and have a drink for a little bit and just – 
come back out in another hour. They're smarter than we are, Daddy. I'm like, yeah, I know they are, but oh yeah. But, but there, it, there's a lot. There's a whole lot to what you just said. Absolutely. The only downside I see to it is, man, if I get up before daylight and get everything ready and drive out there, I want you at least go hunting. Now, if you don't oh, find absolutely. nothing, put in some effort. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know. And that's that's that part of that hunt for themselves that I'm talking about. They need some of that in there. Well, they're going to go bust it a little bit anyway. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Oh, I for mean, sure. For sure. And they, they might tree a den tree. Yeah, well, it, a den tree gives you an opportunity anyway. You might can beat one yeah, out of the hole. Absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I'd like, uh, you know, I think a perfect dog would be tree, tree the hot squirrels, and if they ain't on the ground, tree the den, even though you might get aggravated walking the dens, but they is still right. the option of you know okay well there's supposedly a squirrel here let's beat on it and see if it'll run out and we've had we've had bunches of times where that's the case you know you can oh, yeah. just push and they're gonna they're gonna find something but you know in your heart of hearts that you really shouldn't be but you know what you're there like you say yeah you, you might limited, as well yeah you got limited time and you know you know you're for trouble when you go out and they um you're right at dark, you know, 30 minutes after dark, and they're hitting a track on the creek and taking it off about 50 yards, come back, starting it over again. You're like, I can't oh, move yeah. like five o'clock in the morning, you know. <laughs> and squirrel, squirrels the same way, you know. Yeah. I, it amazes me how these sun guns tree these squirrels the way they own every tree and every limb and running down tree, running across trees, just laying on the ground. I mean, it's uh, accurate it's dogs. Pretty amazing. Yes. It's and to have the the game is is unbelievable. I mean, they're they're a lot smarter than we are, you know. Oh, so, for sure. I, I mean, to be honest with you, which I don't guess I'm the best smeller in the world, but if I'm holding a squirrel in my hand, I don't I don't really smell nothing different. Now, I guess if I stuck right. it up to my nose, I might, right. but, but some of these dogs winding these squirrels from several hundred yards off. Or even 50 yards off, if it ain't been on the ground and it's since fallen to the ground, that amazes me. Oh, it's, it's insane. And, you know, that's the, I hunt in hills, right? So if you figure out the sense rising, you better hunt that ridge line. Yeah. You ain't got to walk up and down. You can walk straight line, kind of flat. And if it's dropping, you better get in the bottom and just walk that creek back down. Because... No sense in walking up down the hill, you know. What I mean? so, so my question is: is where you hunt, which yeah. I'm getting into my my mind of deer hunting. You know, thermals drop and rise. Normally, right. late in the afternoon, right. thermals drop. Mm-hmm. When the sun's coming up, thermals rise. So, do you when you was hunting a lot, or still do, or whatever? Do you hunt your dogs in the bottoms when it's late afternoon and on the ridges when it's warmer um my son does. i don't i don't do it i didn't know if day. y'all got into that got into it that deep no well we we try to watch what they're doing when we first take them out because if it's a cold front coming in the barometric pressure's rising that's going to affect it too and i've learned a lot about barometric pressure from brain injury because i can feel it you know what I mean? oh really yeah i got all these i got all these scars in my brain and when the pressure starts to change i'll throw up and some days I can't get out of the chair. It's just, it's brutal. But, wow. um, the, 
yeah, you can really watch that. And 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 it's it's interesting. I mean, it's just it's mind blowing to me. You know, it's things that I guess a lot of people don't give it much thought. Well, know, but, most people just think, you know, my dog I'll be able to smell it. Well, if if the scent ain't there, you, you need to put your dog in the best situation for it to succeed. Oh, absolutely. You, you know. And, and I know I know a guy that absolutely thumps squirrel, Lee Langley, and he tells me that uh, or he, he's a firm believer in that game movement cal- calendar. Yeah, yeah. Most people use it for deer, but he, he said that he's tracked it, and he thinks it works for squirrels. If, if it, it says best peak time, he, he's in the woods. If it's 1 p.m. It really well. Yeah. It works really well for squirrels because that old after whatever we used to have years ago i started noticing that and for coons it's really good too man yeah um and it's squirrels it was frighteningly good you know yeah um now you know you might have bad weather that day and they're not doing that whatever but there's you know exceptions to all that but i think for the most part you know tell people well they're gonna both be moving the peak is 10 to 12 this morning they're like well we're getting up seven going and you go out there and you don't get a bark yeah and about 9 30 oh yeah and you're getting ready to go home that's when they get yeah, on the ground exactly i've seen it a thousand times it's like well 10 30 bam 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 oh yeah yeah <laughs> and I, you know i wear a watch and i've tried to start i wear one of these garmin watches that hook to your your alphas and stuff like that and they have a game calendar which is the same one that garmin and all these other people pretty much use the same thing but right, uh, right. I, I try to watch it but no i have two young kids and uh, so a, a young family and i i get to go when i get to go now absolutely whether that's absolutely. good hunting or bad hunting if my dogs are in the wood is better than no hunting that's they learn something every time yep. you take them so Here's you know i try to watch it though but if, if i ideally i would try to only hunt whenever the game was supposed to be on the ground. I tell you, and it, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's something that people should really need to pay a little bit of attention. And like I say, it might not work every time, but I think you'll find it works a lot more than you think it does. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, them animals can feel the barometric pressure rising and a cold front coming, knowing that they might not eat for a couple of days. Or they can feel the rain coming, knowing that they might be rained in and ain't wanting to be out in the or. I shouldn't say ain't my southern uh, my southern <laughs> lingo coming out. I'm fine with that. Are not going to be wanting to come. Well, we got uh, you know, believe it or not, we've we're we've even trending overseas. Really? So yeah, which now I think we have some guys that like Eric Wally. He he works in Saudi Arabia on oil rigs. Yeah. So I think he's downloading it over there. I don't think that there's any squirrel dogs in Saudi Arabia. But if there is, you know, we're tickled for them to download this too. Absolutely. But it's 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 a fun it's so fun, man. I mean it was it was so good for my kids. Yeah. You know, and and competition hunting is fun. And it's it's not my cup of tea really. But yeah. you can see why, you know. I think that I, I just think that there's there's just a duck a lot of different ideas about how to breed dogs what to breed dogs and i would me personally and a lot of people 
in other breeds were given something on a silver platter that some people did a lot of work doing, you know? And Oh, for sure. And what a gift. Yep. And to be able to have a litter that basically on paper is the same bloodline as what it was in 1983 when Robert was, you know, when they were hitting the heyday of Nugget and all this stuff, man. Yeah. I, how amazing. There was no internet. Well, there was not. You know, think about that. That's the reason that we started this podcast. So a lot of people that are in the know know about it. And I kind of equate it to the, like the Masons and, and nothing's wrote down really. You know, it, it's in people's yeah. minds, and if we don't document it in some way, which obviously the Masons are not going to, but we can in Squirrel Dogs. So, right. you know, if we don't document it, when people pass away that know the knowledge, if they never passed it on to somebody or wrote it down, then it's gone. It's gone. You know, it's, it's, and, and people wouldn't know about Gold Nugget or Tug or Yellow's Buck no. or Big Strut. Or Tennessee Mountain Blondie. They'd look back and they'd be like, huh, I wonder who Tennessee Mountain Blondie is. Well, and, you know, you think about those people, like, the people that all really, and whatever, you know, whatever breed you're talking about, I'm just familiar with cameras. I really like them. I yeah. think they're really, really solid. One of the best dogs out there, you know, that's just my, I love them. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Rodney Smiths of the world, the cow, all these people that really put a lot of time into refining it. And it's just amazing to be able to take that and just keep it going. I don't know. It's kind of, I'm kind of a history buff, I guess, a little bit, but yeah. it's just so interesting to me. And to watch a litter, and Robert and I talk about, Robert's still wanting to breed better dogs. And that amazes me, you know, and, Oh, he's an amazing human being. I mean, he really is. And you know, that's just being one man's opinion. But he's a—I mean, people that think this old man don't know nothing about hunting or whatever—he was doing what you were doing forty, fifty years, you know, sixty years ago. Yeah, and had the same experiences and the same. And just because he gets old and his knees go out, all them dogs that he spent all that time making. They don't change just because he can't walk out in the woods anymore. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And and it's I just I I, I just give respect to people like that. Well, that I mean, you got the Jody Mullins and the Carl Smiths and the, the all Absolutely. the people that are still good or bad, like them, love them, hate them, whatever. They have bred dogs for years and have a pivotal part in what we're hunting today. Absolutely, they do. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, you can badmouth folks or, or you can praise them, whatever you want to do. But was, they have was, worked hard to get to where we are. Absolutely. I respect them. And and that's, I think, I think as a, as a sport or as, as a whatever you want to call what we do, if we would just, if we could just, Mate, and it's hard to, man. I mean, we all do it. But if we turn our egos back a little bit and just try to learn from each other, you know, it, it, it's, I don't know. It just, a lot, but it's hard to do that. Well, it, it is, you know, and, and that's the reason Everybody's I like competition down. hunting is because 
in my mind, that's the only true way to tell which, which, and it's really not a true way because in my mind, the more squirrels you tree in an hour and a half, the better. But if your dog's on a lead three quarters of the hunt, you're really not getting to see if your dog is treeing more squirrels. Right. right. But I mean, in that same sense of you unsnap three dogs in the same patch of woods, whoever's dog trees more squirrels, ideally, is the better squirrel dog. Now, like, for instance, if if you have a better patch of woods than I got, and you hunt and kill 3,000 squirrels today, and I kill four, most people are going to say, well, his dog's way better. You know, whereas you only got what your area has to offer. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yes, that's huge. And that's the reason I like the competition side, even though it's always not a good depiction. But for the most part, it's the only way to line up the dogs in the woods, unless there's a friendly competition of we're going to take both of our dogs in the woods, same woods and shoot them out. Yeah. Well, just go hunt with your buddies. And it's hard to. I, I I like that. I, I I just soon call my buddy over. Hey man, let's go walk. Let's go get out in the woods or night. Yeah, well, okay. I, I'd rather shoot them. But most of my buddies, our squirrels are rutting during our deer season. Our actual deer, our squirrel season. There's a deer season in the entire squirrel season except for the month of January of February. That's ours here. So October first yeah. till January the thirtieth. There is a bow deer season or primitive weapon or rifle. <laughs> right. You know, and they're they're deer hunting. I understand that. They yeah. don't have a you know. It's hard to be a squirrel hunter in the yeah. south with the deer seasons and stuff. And I you know, I'm I'm fortunate to have a bunch of older folks that just know me and have known me forever and I can hunt private land and I just don't squirrel hunt no more, you know. I mean my boy's begging me to, he, he, I'm going to get that one back squirrel dog. Kind of, kind of ribbing. I'm like, well, hey, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't have the physical capability of doing both. Yeah. And out of the two, I choose to do, when I can go, I choose to do coon hunt. You know? I understand that. So I don't even deer hunt or nothing anymore. <laughs> I can tell you starting to, to, to wind down on me. Before we get off, get, is there anything that we can tell us about maybe Gold Nugget or Tug or Yellow's Buck? And I don't know if you've hunted with them or if you just know a little information. Right. Do you know any information about them dogs? Well, I mean, Nugget was just an unbelievable reproducer. Um, and Bob was too, but Bob wasn't used as much. And they throw a little bit different stuff, you know, um, from, from my perspective. I think Bob throws bigger dogs, a um, little voicey, a little more voice on them, a little deeper. Uh, Blondie too, I haven't messed because like Striker was out of Nugget, Blondie too, littermates, and Bob was Yellow Bob was a brother. So, I think but so far you can go with that. Yeah. And so, what better way to breed it than get something that's Frosty Joe, which is both their grandmothers were, you know, tug bred dogs, um, and put m- mountain blondie back on it. So you got enough, to, you know, you got enough there that it's, you about know what's going. You know what I mean? You're getting closer. And yeah. 
and do it again with Jack because he and Frosty Joe had a simulation on the back one side of it. But um, I think that we all, me included, when I was first getting into these dogs, you hear about old so-and-so down in wherever, South Carolina, and old so-and-so in New Jersey or whoever. We all had good dogs. You know what I'm saying? They were all basically the same type of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of who talked about it the most or got their name out there or whatever. But there were so many good ones at one time. And there still are. There's a lot of people out there raising some really nice kimber dogs right now. And I don't know if I want to throw a bunch of names out there and get somebody mad that I left out. I can just say there's a lot of people out there in the South, in the Tennessee, you know, everywhere. And um, we all had, how can I say it? Robert had set it up from talking with him, and it makes perfect sense. He had people with Blondie four dogs. He had people with Blondie three dogs, people with Nugget, people about. And if you needed a little bit of uh, this or that, We'll breed to that blondie three or breed to that blondie four. You know what I'm saying? And keep it, you can still keep it tight, but add a little bit of different yeah. traits to it. And I think what's happened over time is people want to try this, which is fine. I mean, let them try it. You know, that's good. Whatever. It's their dog. You know. But if everybody does that, before you know, you turn around and you look at yourself and like, what, what happened to the, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, what, what just happened yeah. and that's not saying that anybody was doing anything crazy or you know this is trying different stuff i think that we need whatever breed you're talking about you need some people that dedicated to try to keep it that whatever made it great if you can keep it and refine that and go within that same family if you need a little more mouth or you need a little more size i think it works really well and i hope we can kind of prove it again i think people down down south right now they've got their lines of kimmers and they've been doing it keeping it tight like that in the family stuff they're making some really good dogs Uh, i wish and you might know which i don't know if you'll know it because you already obviously have your dogs but is there a place that people can go that are looking for a camera pup i would say call the man call robert I'm going to tell you what, man, how fortunate are we that we've got people like that still around? Yeah. And the guy, you know, whatever, you know, breeds we're talking about, Steve, whoever, um, Ladner's or whatever, um, call them. And they're going to tell you because it's, they've got their names on the line. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They want a good dog. And, and, they're going to send you somewhere unless they're rather confident it's going to get you what you want. And I mean, Robert is just, I don't, I don't want to keep, you know, shooting his praise out, but he's just a good fella, man. And Roy, his son is a great guy. They're just a good family. Yes, and, sir. And I, I like to support them best I can, but I, you know, I think a camera dog will make you a bear dog. It'll make you a squirrel dog. It'll make you a, I want me personally. I want a coon dog that'll free a squirrel. I yeah. don't want a squirrel that'll free a coon. And there's cameras out there that are squirrel dogs that will free. You know what I mean? Oh and, yeah. And if we can just, as a organization or a group of guys with a breed of dog, if we can keep our mindset on working together, it's it's. I think we can keep it going. And I'm just I'm one little segment of it. Robert 
uh, we're really excited about the Blondie stuff. I mean, she died in, I think, 85. She was never three-quartered, nothing. And we still got half dogs, half her. And yeah, is that's it, pretty well. It, it's crazy. It's a crazy good story. And um, does it mean it's actually genetically 50? It's the best we got to go by. Yeah. You know, and I, I, like I said, I got two sisters out there right now. One shows more Bob, one more shows more Nugget to me. And that's a good thing. What do you mean by that? Well, one's a little bigger. One's a little leggier. A little, little deeper ball mouth on it. One gives a little more mouth on the track. And which one would one, that be, Nugget or, ball, or Bob? I, I think that, uh, I think your Bob dog's going to give a little more mouth on the track. And they're going to be bigger t- and leggier. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And it, it's... Not saying there's not some big nugget dogs out there, but I mean, it, Bob seemed to because, like, you take bench champion Blondie was one of the Blondie dogs, she was out of Bob, and Blondie Four, yeah, she was, um, she was a big dog too, but she was out of Jack, but mountain blonde, anyway. I don't know what, what, what are you calling big dog? Let me ask that question because I'm curious. I'm sure most people want to know how big an, an average Kimmer dog would be. I'd say now an average female for me here is going to be a little different because I've got some real heavy Bob blood and, uh, and nugget, but, uh, they're a little bigger, I think than the average. There's some people like Ronnie and them. Wooten has got some bigger dogs too. Um, males, 70, 75 pounds. Oh, well, big dog. 65, 75. Yeah. I'm, and it just happened, you know. Um, uh, Robert talked about line breeding Bob, and he got real big and leggy, but real thin. So there's something there that's adding to filling them out, if that, if that makes any sense. And it might be the nugget, because nugget was a little shorter, stockier, longer, you know, yeah. filled out. So if you ever have some fun and kicks, I think half of each. Like, you got a quarter bob and a quarter nugget in a dog, no matter which blondie, you're going to have a heck of a dog. Yeah. And I've, I've watched it over and over again. But um, females, at one, that older one I got bred on, she's about 60 pounds. Dang, I didn't realize it was that big. I had one that was Liz's dog. She was 75. She was a freak. And now, I assume you'd want a bigger dog if you're hunting bear and hog. I think some people do, yeah. I mean, not everybody. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, how did my daddy used to say it? There's a butt for every seat. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That makes and, perfect sense. Um, I like bigger dogs. I, I maybe it's because I'm not a big guy. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I need a truck too yeah. or something. I like <laughs> a big, I mean, you know, maybe it's, I don't know. But maybe it's, um, I just like a bigger, I don't have to worry about yokes. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I didn't take that into consideration either. And, you know, bear, you know, I've treated plenty of bear, but the big, I don't know, I just, I feel a little bit, I guess, and it may all be fake, but I feel a little bit more sure they're going to be okay. Yeah. I, I really care. You know what I mean? If well, you go to that let eat up coyotes, and you got a 75-pound male, you feel them pretty good about it. I mean, you know, there's they can they can still whoop him if they want to and all that, yeah. most yeah, smart enough not to try you know they don't want to get hurt either yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they can't go to the doctor <laughs> yeah, so. oh for sure so 
Oh, uh, oh, are they mostly yellow in color? Most of yes. the curves, I, I cameras I've seen for some, whatever reason are yellow or like a a cream color. Yeah, buttermilk. Buttermilk. Yeah, but about everything I got some buttermilk now, and it's 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 almost like you breed the color out of them. If that makes any sense. Um, I've I've never had a litter with a brindle dog. But that's just because I've had the same one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and some of them, some of the dogs that Robert had were black, brimmed or whatever. They, he, like Nugget, Bob, um, Blondie 2, stuff Striker come off of. Um, there were four yellow dogs in that litter. I think there were like 10 or 11 puppies. And don't quote me as the gospel on yeah. that. But, and he just kept the yellow ones. And then, when Blondie three was born, I think she might've been the only Yawa might've been a couple, but anyway, and he started breeding them and it locked that color. in. So it's safe to say that Robert liked yellow dogs. I think so. Um, he said, you can see them better and he liked them. Uh, you know, he's not going to bad mouth nothing, but, yeah. he, um, I like them. And I've had some, I've hunted with some nice brindle dogs. Um, but that yellow, when I got that first buttermilk dog, that's one of the reasons I, you know, I was like, well, she's buttermilk, she, she's a monster. Man, what a king dog. I mean, holy crap, man. <laughs> yeah. Started her out on squirrels and she's 75 pounds with a blockhead on her. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, I can't squirrel hunt this, man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I know, hey, man. Uh, but anyway, you know, yeah. I've I've kind of put an emphasis on breeding a little bigger, and for whatever reason, it's just what I like. And I think that if we can work the mountain blondie line out, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Um, I think that let's say there's four or five people have half blondie dogs. I think if they breed them the way they like them, that over five years, you'll have different genetics within those five lines. Does that make sense? Yep. You'll have somebody mm-hmm. that likes them a little smaller. You'll like somebody that likes them open on track. You'll like somebody that likes track. And it'll, there's enough genetics there. I still feel that way that you can keep going with it for a while. But it's really, really necessary to split it up into other people's hands because I know what I'm going to go for. I, yeah. you know, I like it. And that ain't, that's really not a long, good long-term plan for trying to save it. Um, is there is there brindle dogs in the cameras? Yes, yes. Okay, I don't reckon. Which now, I guess I probably assumed if I saw a brindle dog and it was a, a camera, I assumed it was an OMCBA dog. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of them that Robert started. I mean, look at Frosty Joe. You know, I mean, um, they it really locked in after he started keeping yallas and yallas and breeding together. Because Violet used to have a bunch of black dogs. You know, she sold a bunch of black dogs, and they used to all, you know, like the BJ Buck dog. They and just over time, that's just part of the breed. You know, that's how things become what they are. I guess, but. And there's some people that's got some brindle dogs left. Yeah. That are still huh. hunter timber dogs. But, you know, it's kind of crazy how they're, which I guess they're not as, for whatever reason, 
widespread as the OMCBA and must be because y'all try to keep them tighter or whatever. But how they're kind of in pockets of areas. Like, I know one guy that bought a couple of Kimmer puppies a year or two ago. But other than that, like, you kind of have to search for them, whereas the common original mountain cur seems to be a little more prevalent around right, here. Right. Right, and, and I, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know why, I don't know. I, I haven't looked for a dog in so long, you know. I mean, it's like, I was like, man, I got these, and I got this. I can breed them back and forth. I never have to go find them, but ask nobody for a dog, you know. Yeah. That was the simple, oh, yeah. you know. And it's like, okay, this work. Let's try this. Let's try this. And I'm dreaming, you know. I'm having a ball with this. Oh know? yeah. Uh, and and it's like. I would hate to go look for a dog right now. Um, I always hated to go look for one. You know, there's always that question in your mind of, oh, what am I getting? Is it got? Yeah. Most most people are most most people that are good dog breeders are gonna say you're a pretty good dog. You know. Well, the only downfall I see is if you don't get in to a certain little clique, if you will, that of okay. people that have good dogs. It's really hard to get a good dog nowadays that's bred the way you want it. You know, out of the good blood that that are known to tree game. If you because most people that are putting the effort into it are trying to keep them in house because they want them to go to hunters and people that are going to preserve that line. And Absolutely. The, and the downfall is is, and I understand that if you don't know Joe Blow. How do you know that Joe Blow's not going to take this dog and hunt it for a month, and it become part of the of the boneyard, or right. it sit in a pen for the next four years? And all the work you've done, you had six puppies, and four Joe Blows got them. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 if 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 I think anybody who's really, and we're all I think just by our nature proud of what we do anybody who yeah. gets a dog and they, they're proud of it and part of you think that's the best dog there is and it takes a real takes a lot to go that dog ain't as good as that dog you know well <laughs> and, you know, for sure to, to be honest with yourself is the big it, and we all go through that man and i think a lot of it like i just had a weird letter and and the reason we had it was I wanted to get somebody some dogs, you know, and I've had really poor luck <laughs> in the past few years, but we had 10. Yeah. We had 10. And every one of them is going to people that are hunters. You know what I mean? And I'm I hope really... y'all get it established enough that the good blondie blood and whatnot, y'all get enough established that people that might be, not be as well known could, could have something that, you know, oh, I absolutely that's the I, we get messages all the time of where can i find you know a dog that's got so-and-so bloodline and I, I you know if you mentioned this person or that person they're like well i reached out to them but they told me that all of the puppies were spoken for in a litter and it's more or less i'm just keeping them in house because they're not wanting to give joe blow an opportunity to own it you know 
yeah, I think I think there's a couple things. I think one is as a breeder, you're a little scared that and I don't really care. I don't sell nothing, right? I mean, you know, I'm not that's not my cup of tea. I, I'm not a puppy guy. Yep. Um, but if it, I can see it because you like, okay, you let two or three letters go out, next thing you know, ain't nobody coming back for you. So if you want to try something new, you ain't got nowhere to send them because old Joe's down there making them dogs. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you, you sell you, you sell the apples, but don't sell the tree type mentality. Yeah. And I understand. Me, I mean, we got down to, we got down to two old mountain blondie chips. And that was it. Hat. And we found that, thank you, Roby, if you're listening to this, he's, I've known Roby a long time. He's a heck of a good hunter. He hunts some money, huh? He's, he's a good, he, he, he knows these cur dogs. Um, but thank you for sending her down here and let me breathe to her. Um, but you know, then we had three with two old ones. It's like, you got to be a little protective of them, you know? Yeah. And like, Robert's yeah. like, you're stupid to go take them dogs out in the woods. You're stupid. I'm like, I got to, though. Oh, yeah. I got to see what it is. And we took them, me and my son. He'd come back and we'd go and I'd walk me around the house and stuff. And that was the season before last. They were like 10 months. Just went to woods by the end of the year with no old dogs at all hunting with them, just taking them by themselves. They streamed their own cages and stuff. And now they're pretty daggone good after the second season. You know? Really? Um, yeah. And it, it, I'm an idiot for hunting. I, I won't take them out now because conifer heads and rattlesnakes. You know, yeah. I, I can't. I can't afford. There's. I don't know how to say it. I like watching what they do, so I know what it. I try to read for traits and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. just like anybody would i guess but if i don't see it i'd rather i'd rather have it on paper and see it if that's a good way to say it. yeah mm-hmm. and verify trust but verify is that <laughs> yeah that's a good way to say it. but um but yeah i've been worried to death for the last year and a half or two man it's like i'm gonna go out and this dog's gonna take off they've got after bear this time and oh man it's like you just cringe because it might be the end of it, you know. Yeah. Luckily, Robert had another female puppy, so we've got four young ones now, and you know, this year should be the year that we can hopefully have some good luck and have some more to send out to some folks. Then they can ask, you know, if they if they like them, they might not like them. I well, if it if it start if it starts spreading, you know, and I mean. Yeah. You get them in good hands, and That's they're going to the promote main. them. And next thing you know, it might can revive the that line of of dogs, if you will, or that bloodline, or whatever. Yeah, and 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 I just want to make people. I'm not saying they're the best. I like them a lot, right? Robert likes them a lot, and to me, I mean, for me personally, and this is I don't know how how else to say it when Robert. When I sent them pups to Robert, so we're all together on this. And he tells me, man, that's just like old so-and-so. That dog acts just like old Blondie, too. That, that makes you feel really good, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it makes you feel like, well, I've won. I did what I set out to do. I did something pretty decent with the dogs. I'm happy. Yeah. And and it made me feel really good, man. And 
and Robert's, you know, Robert's getting a little long in the tooth. And how cool is it that he can go back out with kind of his heyday dog? You know what I mean? Same bloodline type thing as, as his heyday. And for his kids and his grandkids, I think, I don't know. I spent a lot of money, man. I know you talked about saving dogs and doing all that. I've, yeah. I've put money into it. And I ain't selling that. I mean, I ain't making no money. But it's just for the joy of it. I want other people to have some. Well, to be honest, it's a way of life. Absolutely. Most hound hunters is kind of a way of life. So, yes. And, and I think what you was trying to say is, is you're not saying that's the best dog out there. There's a dog for everybody, and there's a breed for Absolutely. everybody. If everybody liked the same dog, there'd be only one breed of dog. Absolutely. You know, if everybody liked the same truck, they'd all drive the same truck. So, this is your yeah. brand of dog. Yeah, absolutely. This this fits me and and a lot of people I know really like them, and they are something special. And just just to watch them develop, and I, I just don't have much doubt that if I have a litter of pups, they're gonna make decent dogs. Yeah. And well, to I be think- fair, y'all aren't breeding. Uh, Oh, Uncle Joe's old squirrel dog over here got tied up with a neighbor squirrel dog, and you don't know what they're out of. I mean, y'all, it's pretty calculated what y'all are doing. Absolutely, yeah. It's been going on for 50 years, right? And it's like, okay, and, you know, could there have been something put in there to make them a little better, this or that? Maybe, but I was pretty happy with them. You you know, I've, I've been happy with what Robert made. And people can change them if they want to down the road but we got to try to save this to give people an opportunity where they can try cross because if it's gone you can you never know you'll never ever try is there a group that people can get on like a ksba which is kimmerstock breeders association for the people that don't know y'all have y'all's own breeders association and y'all actually have i don't want to say y'all because i know you i don't think you participate in the competition side of it but uh There's a KSBA only hunts and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, and those guys down south have done a really good job. I've, I've got to give them kudos. Um, the the turnouts have been really good. Having them in Alabama, a little bit more game down there than Tennessee. Too far for me to make it this day. You yeah. know, this, oh, I yeah. can't drive it. But um, is there a I'm place a that people can look them up? I guess the Kimberstock Breeders Association just Facebook page. There's a couple of different ones. There's one that's kind of the official Kimberstock Breeders Association. Um, that would be the best thing. Um, I need and, you to get on there and invite me to it because the 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 good one because I'm gonna post this episode onto there. Uh, that way that um, the guys can listen. Oh, I hope I don't sound too much like a crazy man, but um, <laughs> I, I've enjoyed the conversation. I, I really have. And, yes, sir. Um, I mean, there's there's a bunch of good camera dogs out there, man. And uh, we just got one segment that we're trying to, you know, most of these dogs have a lot of the same blood in them. They have to. Um, but I just think it's kind of a neat story to tell. You know, I mean, oh, for sure. A, and that's the reason I reached out to you, Robert, actually. And then he, he pointed me your direction is because I'm not that familiar with the camera dolls. Because like I said, you, you just type in 
it's kind of hard to figure out much about them in 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. You got to do it for years and years. And I'm kind of giving people a quick shortcut, if you will, yeah, to learn yeah. about the breed. And I'm going to, like I said, post it on the K, whatever the group name is. And if one of them guys that have, you know, bred dogs, camera dogs, and, and want to talk about some bloodlines that they're real familiar with that we hadn't talked about, maybe, you know, obviously we talked a lot about Blondie and, and, yeah, and that's just, yeah, it's more or less the there's people that's that's got some different stuff in the cameras, um, and they're good dogs. Um, I just kind of you stuck know, with the original stuff. I, I kind of did, yeah, yeah, and and I'm not pointing the finger and saying you should have done this. I'm just saying that's just what I did, man. And, and if if people's got a camera dog that's working for them, I'm happy as can be for them, man. You know. Yeah, but I was just gonna say if 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 there's anybody out there that has a KSBA dog that they got an, they think that they can add to the conversation, they can reach out to us at the Hunting Dog Public podcast on Facebook or email at Hunting Dog Public at Outlook dot com, and we might can get them on there. We can talk. Obviously, it'd be KSBA dogs, but we could talk different bloodlines and characteristics if somebody has something to add to it yeah absolutely i think there's there's a lot of good folks that fit that bill for you to talk to i think the more positive conversations we have the more we're going to bring the community together i agree 100 percent. and there's some really good folks man they really 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 are I've, i've been fortunate and blessed enough to meet a bunch of them and like i used you know um but you know, I'm not an old timer like a lot of the, some of those guys are. They, I'm sure they know a lot more than I do. But there's a certain line here that I know a little bit about. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, and here's the thing. There's one thing that I have figured out is a dog hunter, and that's whether you're hunting squirrel dogs, coon dogs, deer dogs, hog dogs, and I've talked to all of them. They like talking dogs. Oh, of course. And I enjoy talking dogs too, because like I said, it is a way of life. It might, now you might just enjoy squirrel dogs and you might just enjoy hog dogs or bear dogs, but you enjoy talking dogs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, and it's, it's a community of sorts. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, mo- most dog hunters is going to stand up for other dog hunters. If you will. I, I, I would, I would, I agree with that. They so, should. Yeah. And we should, because we're a dying breed and, the uh, there's certain groups of people that don't want it to happen. So if if we fight amongst ourselves, uh, that's just easier ammunition for them to get rid of us. No, I agree. I agree with you 100. But you've, I think I, I appreciate you reaching. I just appreciate the conversation, and, and it's 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 really fun um, to talk to people. About. I mean, it is. I'll talk whatever you know, whatever type you want to talk about. Because I've yep. seen good ones, in one of them. But for me. Nothing beats a good old camera dog. I mean, you know. I understand. And, uh, you know, we'll see what my son does with his ears come on, my daughter and all that. But, uh, yes, sir. I hope that, I hope some people keep on taking them to the woods, you know. Yeah. Well, Mr. Zen, we're down to the end. If you, uh, (laughs) 
if you have anything to that you want to shout out or talk about right here at the end that we hadn't covered i tell you what i'm having a hard time even thinking right now as you can probably tell from my voice yes but, sir. Uh, but man you've been really kind and it, it's it's a I don't know. It's just another blessing in many that I fell into. You know what I mean? Well, um, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. You know, we we ain't got to only talk on the podcast. We can talk dogs off the podcast and text messages and whatnot. And I'm actually going to reach out to you and, and stay in touch. So please do. We're going to talk about these camera dogs for years to come. I, I, have, I have days where I, I really have trouble doing anything. Yep. And it's so nice just to be able to talk to somebody. And I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Well, if you but, ain't got anything else, I'm going to no, let you go. No, just, um, hey, y'all go buy you a camera dog, right? <laughs> get you a camera dog. So so what you're saying is, is, is uh, how many are you going to have for sale? Uh, uh, <laughs> I will uh, say this. For the people that are interested in looking for a camera dog, uh, I'm prob- I'm not going to give out Mr. Robert's number on this podcast, but I will, if you'll send me a inbox, I will reach out to him and make sure it's okay before I put it out on here. And, uh, yeah. let, if, if he's okay with me giving his number out, y'all reach out to us and I can get you in touch with him and he might can find you a camera dog that suits you. Exactly. That's yeah, the best way I know to do it. I'm not real crazy about giving people's numbers out. Yeah. And that's, that's, he, um, there's, I'll just say that there's a lot of good people raising the dog right now, and they're they're all a little different, and they're you know like I say, there's different shoes and different boots for different people. But I think if you're a little patient and talk to Robert, he can steer you um, in, a, in a really safe direction. Yes, sir. Well, okay. Thank well- you so much. Yes, sir. You you have a blessed rest of the afternoon, and uh, I yep. look forward to talking to you in the future. I hope we can. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yes, sir. Take Thank care. you. Bye. Bye-bye.